Hey, Foreplay listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. It's a little bit of a different show. It's just me and Frankie sitting in here right now. Yeah, so um, we got Riggs playing in the Bermuda um, Goslings Invitational. He's out there playing right now, getting his absolute dick kicked in. I was going to say, we're going we're gonna to get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. Lurch um, isn't here. He's got a real job. That he couldn't make it to the studio today, so it's just me and Frankie and producer Jake in the house. Yeah, so that's who we got here in New York, and before we get into anything, um, I want to tell you about Supreme Golf. Trent. Oh, yes. Uh, Supreme Golf is this app in which every single tee time in the world, you want to, you search online, let me find a tee time for this golf course, and it's going to give you a tee time. The beauty about Supreme Golf is that all those tee times, all the different companies, got like Tee Now, all these things, they're under this umbrella we like to use the word umbrella yeah we do they're under this supreme golf umbrella that's it's this nice clean looking app it's got great colors orange and blue like the new york islanders you open it up you're like wow everything here is just clean and slick you're gonna get all your times on there that's what we use we use it everywhere we go we use it when we go home we use it when we play any sort of public track in the world yep i love supreme golf you will love supreme golf download the app you're gonna want to use it it's just it just makes sense you are i think Riggs likes to say you are a dumb person if you don't use it it's true like you said all the other tea time apps are under there it makes no sense not to use supreme Golf. let's just be logical here if right. you're gonna get a tea time why not use the one that has all of them together what it's just like when you're searching for a flight like why would you go to different why would you go to different websites individually when you can go to one website that has them all just streamline it just streamline it just do that so this is episode is brought to you by Supreme Golf. They're our presenting sponsor all year long. Go download the app. It's fantastic. All right. So like we said, it's just me and you in here right now. Yeah, it's going to be a different little, uh, little different show because we don't have Riggs in the studio, but he will be speaking right. um, in like about a half an hour. He's just getting off the golf course as we speak right now. Um, you guys are going to be able, be able to hear from him after he played in his first. I guess this is his first like real tournament. Is it like it's a PGA tournament? It was it was on the website like a like a PGA amateur tournament. Oh, I didn't realize it was on the actual website. Well, he tweeted out uh, he tweeted out a um, screenshot of the um, like the standings and the leaderboard. And it I had see. like a PGA of America logo on top, so I didn't know. If it was like a sanctioned thing, I'm pretty sure it's like legit. Like it's an actual legit. Well, he tournament. said it's a 54 hole tournament. It's yeah. got a cut that he's definitely not gonna. I don't think he's gonna make. Here's the thing, Trent. When these listeners hear when Riggs comes on here, they're <laughs> gonna hear a lot of things about the wind. You're gonna hear a lot of things about it was impossible out there, and I don't know the wind and the and the trees and and the flag sticks were barely sticking up. I couldn't even keep my hat on. Uh, he was playing with local Bermudians. Is that the word? I'll take it. That's local good. Bermudians yeah. that who were also a scratch golfer who shot a forty-five on the front. I, I'm Eminem and the shit out. I'm eight mile in the fucking shit out. of You are because right he is going to come in hot. Being he's like, going to come in hot. Yeah, I played in my first tournament, but this, 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 and that. this, 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 this. He shot a hundred and three, right? And I now let's just talk about this. Riggs is a six handicap, yeah. And we often talk about his swing and all these things, and and it's easy to pile on him right now because he's not here to defend himself. But you know what? That's the type of person I am. I talk behind your back. I'm never, I will never shy away from talking behind your back. That's the kind of person I am. I'm skinny. I'm frail. I don't have a lot of, uh, you know, backing to really say something to your face because I don't want to get beat up. Yeah. And and technically he is on this show. He's on it's the show. It's just that he's on in like forty five minutes. When he we're... won't hear what we're saying about him until he's done recording. No, but I guarantee he's going to say some of the things that you're saying. But he's going to use them as excuses. And here's my take on this trend. Okay, is I think he just played really poorly, which happens, right? Yes. Like I think he played like dog poo, 
And I think he was hitting the ball sideways. He was pirouetting. His hat was falling off. He was coming from the inside. All these things were happening. And we've all been there. I've shot over 100 many times. Same. There's been a ton of times in which I thought that the conditions of the course probably played a factor in it. Like whether it was at Pinehurst number eight when we were talking about the turtleback greens. And I was like, I just can't play a golf course like this because I don't have that type of game to be able to stick it onto the greens. Right. I'm a huge excuse guy. And I just don't know if Riggs should succumb to being that guy. Right. It's not that it's not appealing. My personality and the things that I say aren't like what normal people should do. (laughs) So don't be like me, Riggs. Just say you played like shit. I hope he says that. I don't think he will. And what I want to say on the flip side of that is I would like to see some context. I haven't seen the leaderboard. He said that the guy after nine holes that he's playing with Damien is a scratch golfer and that he shot a 45. I think Riggs shot a 55 or 56. So obviously people are out there having a tough day. I would like a larger sample size on like what are the leaders at? What is, you know, what's middle of the pack? What's bottom of the list? So he tweeted out um, a bunch of these final scores. It was a PGA New England section of America. So it is like a legitimate tournament. Um, And there's a bunch of like tied for 16th was plus 18. So you're talking it was a par 71. Let's do the math, Frankie. That's an 80, um, 89. Okay. So that's an 89 in 16th place. So there's there's an 89. There's a 94 plus 25. There's a 97. Then you get all the way up to plus 32, plus 44, plus 54. And he's saying in that tweet, Trent, uh, Trent Riggs says, I had a 55 on my front nine, and I'm damn proud of that number. Goal is to break 110. So he's already talking about, like, the, the conditions are so hard that, right. like, he's so proud of a 55. My point is that, okay, Riggs, we're watching these videos. We're watching you skull the ball sideways. We're watching you hit the ball um, literally horizontal. Why on the holes that you're um, putting for par and putting for bogey and you, you made a string of bogeys in a row, why why was it okay on those holes? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I understand that the wind stopped your drive from going 230, 280, 290 yards, and it, st- and it made you hit a four iron on a par five, on, a, on a par three, 138 yards. But, like, how come on the holes that you did okay on, like, what happened there? If you were able to do it. It's not like you were playing – Here's my my point is this is that it's not like you were playing on Mars and like you couldn't get the ball in the hole. There's yeah. a way you there were a couple holes in which you got the ball in the hole. Yeah, we've seen those clips. He had like a couple pars in a row, a couple yeah. bogeys in a row. That's, so that's when you hit the golf. ball sideways and you made a nine, you hit the ball sideways and you hit and you made a nine. Yeah, I mean we're guys who aren't very good at golf either. And sure, the weather can compound these things to the point where it's like, all right, I think I'm not playing as bad as my score indicates because of the weather. But you know. Inside of that is that he's probably just not playing that well. Correct. And yeah. the wind 100% is brutal to play in. It, it gets into your head. When you take your backswing, it's like all you think about. Like you got to swing harder. You got to like – you end up lifting your head. You want to try and kill the ball. I mean you're hitting a four iron from 135 yards out. It's definitely different golf. But like at the end of the day, if you can string along a, 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 a decent amount of holes where you're not chunking the ball and you're just advancing the ball – and he proved it that he he went on a string of nine. I think it was like the when he made his turn, he made a couple like three bogeys in a row. Started off with a par on one. Like he was playing okay golf at one point. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. Is right. Yeah. If you're if he had if he was making eights and nines throughout the whole round, don't then say you're damn proud of a fifty five because Riggs cared. I about, would be damn proud of a 55. yeah. But Riggs cared about this so much. He like he he's like I'm gonna play in this fucking tournament. I'm yeah. gonna uh, I may make the cut. He keeps writing it's a thirty six maybe fifty four hole tournament. He keeps writing maybe fifty four like as if he was gonna make it to the final day. And now you're not proud of a fifty five, man. You're not proud of a fifty five. You wanted to shoot a a thirty five. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, he's definitely going to be disappointed in like, like we said, in about 30, 35 minutes, you're going to hear um, Riggs recap his own round. It will be interesting to see what he says. I'm guessing there'll be a lot of talk about the win, but maybe, you don't know, maybe he might say, I just didn't have it today. And the reason he's out there is because of Gosling's rum. Yes. And he's playing in this Gosling's rum invitational. They sent him out there. Maybe they, um, do you think they regret it at this point because he embarrassed them? <laughs> No, right, I don't now think I'm so. piling it on. Now you're piling it I would on. never have said that if he was here. Yeah, I wouldn't have said any of this stuff if he was here. That's okay. Um, I feel like I, I need to plug in some like flex bombs, like the drop a bomb. Yeah, or let yeah. The, like the air horns go off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? It, it, I'm just a huge baby when it comes to talking in, in someone's face, and I will never do that. Yeah, so you're. It's I'm not even soft. Yeah, I'm a coward. That's the word. I'm a coward. But I will always admit that I'm a coward. But here's what would happen if I wasn't here right now and Riggs was sitting right here. You'd be making fun of me for something. You know, something that I did just because I'm talk not. Behind a, people's back, man. Right. Just because the person isn't in attendance, talk we're talking about them. Someone's back feels great. Oh boy, because you get really? to say everything you want about them, and yeah. you get no repercussions. None. It may be a, like a bad trait that someone has. Like, yeah, you talk behind people's back. You're a fucking bitch. I don't care. Like, say what you want about me behind my back. I do not care. I'm going to let loose on all the things I think about you. I don't think Riggs should be hitting the ball sideways. Talk to me about Gosling's rum. Gosling's rum is the spirit of Bermuda and the dark and stormy in Bermuda's national drink. Um, they don't have a national anthem, but they have a national drink. I don't know what to think about that. That seems a little bit too crazy to me. Um, but they like their drinks. They like their rum in Bermuda. Yep. Um, so here's the big thing is that he's playing in this Gosling's Invitational. Gosling's rum, they have a great Twitter handle. It's called The Black Seal. We've been tweeting at it all day. It just feels like, I don't know, it feels like you're tweeting at something in the middle of the ocean. That's yeah. just going to come up and, you know, just. What is the, what's the monster that comes out of the water? Kraken. The Kraken. The Kraken. You know, it's like, that's just what you feel like you're talking. And it's the Dark and Stormy. So the Dark and Stormy is one of the is the one and only trademark cocktails in the world and the only way to make a dark and stormy is with Gosling's Black Seal Rum and Ginger Beer. So they own the only trademark cocktail in the world and that means that you only have to use Gosling's Rum. That's incredible. So this is the recipe for the dark and stormy. Fill a tall glass with ice, pour in about six ounces of Gosling's Stormy Ginger Beer, Top with two ounces of Gosling's Black Seal Rum so it looks like a storm cloud in the glass. Garnish with a lime wedge optional. Mm. Now that just makes me feel like I'm an astute You're human fancy. being. Is that the word? A, uh, fancy, I think. The think name the was have said to originate in the 1920s when an old fisherman observed that the drink was the color of a cloud only a fool or dead man would sail under. Ooh! <laughs> Probably followed by Barman, I'll have another Dark and Stormy. So it's an A-plus name for a drink. Dark and Stormy is A-A-plus. Here's, the, here's the, my ending point, is that you're just going to want to go try this Gosling's rum. You're going to want to try Dark and Stormy. If you show up to a bar, you see behind the bar they have Gosling's, order a Dark and Stormy, you're going to feel like a million bucks walking in there. Maybe the whole entire place. If you walk into an old like ship-looking bar and you say, give me a Dark and Stormy, you think like the lights flicker yeah. and the lights turn down and, and, and things start to creak. It's not like, yeah, I have a vodka tonic. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll yeah. take a gin and tonic. I'm going to take a, a gin and tonic and please. Uh, uh, put the tonic on the side so I can please. Um, uh, yeah. I'll take an apple martini, please. <laughs> and um, when you garnish the lemon, please squeeze all the lemon juice out so that I don't have to use that. Thank and you. I can just use the. I can just use the peel. Thank I like you. the. I like to feel the peel. Yeah, I like to see it. Thank you very much. No, you're no. going to order a dark and stormy, and the lights are going to flicker like it's a Harry Potter movie. Great. That's what's going to happen. One more piece of housekeeping before we get to headlines. Housekeeping. Housekeeping. Go ahead. Uh, there was a butter knife shout out. At, oh. the, at the Hero World Challenge shot, 
Bryson DeChambeau down in the Bahamas with Tiger Woods. They were doing this little shot challenge for the uh, for the World Hero Challenge that's happening this week down in the Bahamas. They ba- the guy, the announcer, basically said, "What does that mean?" Bryce, here's Bryson DeChambeau, a guy who has been known to cure the butternuts. Yeah, it was like an MC too. So it was like in the background, like horns were going off. Bryson's hitting this ball into the water, and you hear the guy in the background trying to rev up the crowd, being like, "We got Bryson DeChambeau out here. He's been known to cure butternuts," and like everyone's like, "Yeah!" Bryson hits a shot. Like, what the fuck was that, MC? Everywhere you go, you get. And you get just cheap shotted with butter knives. Here's stuff. the other when thing. When we were at the Kevin Kisner event, Kisner was like in front of a crowd giving a clinic, kind of trying to juice the crowd up a little bit. He's like, I'm Kisner. Here's my caddy, Dewey. And it was kind of like, yay. And then it was like, hey, we got Frankie butter knives here. And it's just an easy thing for people to say. Is that what I've become? Is that yes. – if I become – I know I've become a punching bag, and, and I'm fine with that. But am I like the go-to pump up the crowd while giving a golf instructional wedges shot like a punching bag? Absolutely. Like these MCs, whenever whenever there's a mic in these people's hands, it's like the first person they think about is Frankie Borelli. What world are we living well, in? Well, they're looking for a little bit of a joke because those things can be kind of stiff. And, and it's hey, like, this is you, weird dude. that I'm here. Bryson didn't cure anything. That's what, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like, you got it wrong, buddy. Bryson didn't cure. And that's not Bryson's fault. That's sort of your fault. Guys, this is just me talking to the crowd, and I'm going to talk to you guys one-on-one. I know that you may think that at this point it's impossible for me to still be talking about my wedges. I know that you think that at, it, we're on year two of this now probably. Right? It's probably maybe been about more. two years. I guess two years. I've been yeah. on the pod yeah. or maybe a year and a half. And there's no way anyone with any sort of athletic ability, which you may think I not I, I don't have, I'm telling you, I have somewhat of an athletic ability to be able to at least attempt to swing and like get hit a ball right. that's not moving. It's just like something in your brain. Yeah, where you, you may think that I'm just making this up, or like we're still stringing along an old joke. No, I genuinely can't hit wedges. I try so hard. When I step up to a ball and I'm 25 yards away, you don't think I want to hit the fucking ball on the green. <laughs> you think when I'm in front of Kevin Kisner, he just gave me an hour lesson in front of everyone at his golf club, and we're out there playing. I just hit a ball into a pond, in which they said no one's ever hit a ball into that pond at Palmetto. They didn't even know the water was there. The guy belongs there. He's like. I didn't even know that there was water there. You don't think that I want to get an up and down and show him that he should, like, be polite. It's and like, be like respectful hey, for you. If you would hit a great wedge out there, it's incredibly respectful to Kevin. Nuts, Kevin. It's like, it's like see, maybe you would have patted you on the back like a father Dude, figure. When I step up to that ball, I wanted nothing more than that. I hit the ball onto the next tee box. I sculled it over. He yeah. laughed at me. He pointed at me. He called me names. I don't want that. Like, it's not, like, good for my brand to be a... Uh, uh, an incompetent, brainless asshole. Well, that I disagree with. That I think I think like, the butter knives brand is, is stronger than ever. Sure, it's for right you up there with Coca Cola. Sure, for you guys to make fun of me, but like, absolutely, there are people that think like, oh, there's no way he's still doing this. Is that all they talk about? Like, yeah, at this point, like I am. Th- we're at like levels in this world that we're living in that I still can't hit a wedge that that's all I can talk about yeah. because I can't believe I can't do it. It's a sickness. It's a sickness. It's a sickness that you have. Did you think any part of you, if you watch the video that we're talking about, that Tiger was in the background, do you I mean, think any part of him was like, what's this guy talking about butter knives for? Right, because like the the true term to a butter knife is like a like a two iron, right? It's yeah. Like a, it's just a flat, no lofted club. So he's probably like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, you know? like like tigers never use the term butter knife when talking about wedges because it just doesn't apply to him. doesn't apply to him. That doesn't make any sense. Or the only reason I say butter knives when it comes to wedges is because I say 
I can't use the loft. It's basically like a flat, straight-up club. I mean, chances are he was just sort of zoning out and like waiting for his turn. He's like, I can't wait to golf. I can't wait to golf. I can't wait to hit my shot. But I, a small part of me thinks he heard butter knives, and it's sort of like, what is this guy talking about? And then eventually, if we ever get to talk to him, we can talk to him again. We can be like, this is butter knives, what they're referring to. Yeah. No, uh, I don't think he knows or cares in the slightest bit about anything that has to do with my nope, life. Not even a little bit. Not um, even a little bit. Um, why don't you hit us with some headlines? All right, yeah. Since we're talking about Tiger Woods, he was on uh, he was on Morning Drive on Monday, and he said he still got a shot at catching Jack's record, which made me feel really good. He said this. Well, and not in so many words. Let me let me read this for you. It said on Monday, Woods joined Golf Channel's Morning Drive from this week's Hero Challenge to outline his goals for the 2020 season and beyond. When asked uh, if he thought Jack Nicklaus's record of 18 major titles was still on the table, he answered with an affirmative. I've won tournaments in different ways, and I finally have won a major, referring to when he won the Masters last year, if people forgot. And I've done that in different ways, so who knows what the future holds. He didn't give a definitive, like, I'm coming after Jack's record. I'm going to get 19 majors. I'm going to be the greatest golfer of all time, no questions asked. But I like that he's still thinking about it because – before you know, before everything happened, the scandal and all that, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that the boss man was going to break the record, and it was one of his main motivations. He constantly talked about it, like I'm trying to beat the record, I'm trying to get 18, and even more than that. And then that everything happened, and all right, he didn't win a major for a while, and then he finally won the Masters, and so his mind has finally clicked back on, and is like, I'm back on my track of trying to beat Jack's record, and that makes me feel great. Yeah, I, part of me wishes that he would just come out. And just, I know that Tiger's like a... It's a gentleman's game. Yeah, and I know that he's turning into more of like a likable figure amongst like his peers too, and especially during these interviews, and he's a lot more open. But man, would I like him to just be like, I hope Jack can't sleep at night because he knows I'm coming. I'm back. Have you seen the way I've played? I'm a thousand percent back. I'm literally writing a book called Back, and, <laughs> and the final chapter is me stabbing <laughs> stabbing Jack in the throat. Like You I, wish he talked about Jack the way we talk about Jack yes. on the show, where he's, you know, um, Barbara's getting his rowboat in, and she's like, he won another tournament. Yeah. He I, won- give me some fire, uh, but, you know, yeah, I, I like that it's in the back of his mind. I like that he's dancing around a little bit. He's letting us know that, like, he thinks he can do it. And yeah. I, you always want to see Tiger talking like that. You, the the days of Tiger saying he didn't know he if he could golf anymore, I think we're long, got, long, long gone from yep. that. Those were horrific moments when, we, like, Tiger was literally saying, like, I just want to be able to play soccer with my kids. Like, I don't even care about golf yeah. anymore. Um, I have another highlight uh, headline for you regarding oh, Tiger. Me. So I was going through the New York Post the other day, and um, – it says Tiger walks a record 800 miles in search of sex. And I said, "Fucking right, this guy's back." Yeah, you know, I clicked on that immediately. Ti- I saw that headline today as well. Tiger walks a record 800 miles in search of sex. This wildcat will do anything for love. The horny cat, dubbed C1 by scientists, embarked on a record-breaking journey at Tifsire Wildlife Sanctuary in Maharashtra in June. This cat, this tiger, walked 800 miles just to get a little thumping in. You know what that just shows get that me? that little dick wet. You know what that shows me? You know All the saying? tigers have gotten their swagger back. Yes. Every single one of them. Yes. Every tiger in the world is like, Bro. Uh, now that Tiger Woods is back to winning majors and winning golf tournaments, we're, we all got to up our game. That tiger, he walked 800 miles to get a little bit of sex Bro, this, because of Tiger this Woods. This tiger smelt a little poontang. 800 miles away and he went and got it he thought to himself you know what 800 miles away is too far i can't do that and then he thought back to april when tiger woods won at augusta national and he got up on his four paws and he started walking because tigers nowadays tigers aren't tigers are back it's not just tiger woods that's back it's all tigers they're breeding they're walking they're fucking everything and like when you're talking about tiger and sex 
that's how you know we're back in this we're back in this beautiful era where like things yeah. are happening you yes. know things are being humped i bet tiger woods i bet he's probably gotten that sent to him a million times already <laughs> by people and i guarantee that he saw it and he was like that's right baby yeah we're back we're we're, back. we're all back <laughs> Oh, that's absurd. They're getting that's, their stripes back, baby. Yeah, he got their stripes back. He got his green jacket back, and the Tigers are, are going to any length they can to get a little bit of sex. The horny cat. The Love horny that. cat. We might have to start calling Tigers C1. <laughs> yeah. C1! It'll be like, what? <laughs> What's happening? Oh, you know? man. Um, we, did we talk about it here on the book, the Tiger Woods book? about? I know we talked about it, but he didn't put out a release date. I think we might have talked about it, actually. And I'm pretty sure he put out that statement that he's coming out with a book just to stop anyone else from writing a tiger Woods yeah book. we talked about that okay on, on last i wasn't sure because we now got no date and it just seems strange to be like i'm writing this book and uh he, I don't, i'm uh, not telling you when it's coming out yeah it's it's a classic like yeah by the way i'm gonna be writing something so you all are not allowed to write one because i'm gonna be writing the truth and if anyone puts out a press release being like i'm i'm writing a tiger woods book or i've got a tiger woods book coming out in fucking March, they'll be like, well, we're not going to buy yours. We're going to buy Tiger's when his comes out, whenever that is. So he's stunting the sales of any other Tiger Woods book, which I fully appreciate. So Tiger's actually talking as we're um, recording this right now. He's doing a whole press release, uh, press uh, conference. conference. And um, number one, he looks 20 years old. Uh, Riggs just tweeted out a picture of what he looks like when he's doing this. He's wearing this like aqua blue. He looks legitimately... 20 years old it's it, the guy does not age it's alarming i'm trying to pull it up right now the internet in this room stinks. when he's wearing his golf outfit he's actually getting younger day by day when he's off the golf course we've talked about that a lot of times he's getting older but you think it's like a push and pull it like is. when he puts on his so golf it's like clothing it's it's like game of time Thrones. starts going down benjamin button mode kicks in and he's starting to get he's getting younger and younger and younger and then when he gets off the golf course and wears some horrible outfit that he doesn't know what it's to like wear. the red lady is that what her name is yeah from game from of thrones, game of thrones. The she puts on that necklace and she looks like a beautiful, voluptuous uh, woman that you know can can do all sorts of things. All sorts. Some some the tiger would walk eight hundred miles for. <laughs> yeah, the red woman is uh, she is she has assets, and then she takes that fucking necklace off, and she's an old bag that can barely <laughs> that can barely she can walk. barely get into bed. She can barely get into bed. When Tiger puts on his outfits, right? Yes. Tiger may creak he may barely make it to the dresser right at this point yeah his knees may be he's had, brittle. He's had a his, million surgeries on his knees his back everything his bones his back he got his, in a car accident at one point his wrists his fingers are probably all deteriorated when he puts on that golf outfit he magically looks like a in shape fit 27 year old he crawls he crawls to that yes. dresser. He he tumbles out of bed and he crawls and he looks for that Nike swoosh. And as soon as he puts it on, it just fills him. It's like the Fountain of Youth. the The red lady from Game of Thrones is a is a perfect example because he does in this picture that you're talking about. He looks he looks young and he looks a little angry, which I like. He's yeah. ready to rock. He uh, so so what what I was trying to get to is that Tiger Tracker is tweeting out all of his. Um, updates from this press conference and and he's he's doing he's doing what tiger always does with these little these little jokes and these these jabs and stuff but yes. right now he goes uh i played well leading up to the masters every came everything came together that week you think 
Like the, the the these little jokes, like the little smirks, the little eye raises. He he's he's basically saying that like I'm playing well right now, uh, leading up to a tournament that's coming up, the Hero, and then we have the Presidents Cup, and he was playing a little okay, walking up to the the first tee at Augusta. Yeah, love it. So he's like, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be playing well here. He's always got one of those jokes. I've I've blogged many a press conferences of Tiger Woods where he's he always has the one joke that gets a smattering of laughter from the from the press. And they'll people. always they'll always laugh it up like he wouldn't. I mean, they're looking for access. They're they're trying to do anything they can to to get in his favor to be like, you know what? I uh, I love Tiger Woods' jokes. But um, before we get to uh, the next headline, yeah, I'm going to talk to you about pinned golf. Do it. Pinned golf is a um, range finder. Yeah, it's a laser range finder. And what they did was they just made. They're a comp- I actually met the people that started pin golf. We were at the office. It was before the um, Barcel Classic. Yeah. Um, actually, it was one of like the advertising dinners, I think it was. I don't even know if it was before the Barcel Classic. Anyway, really good guys. Um, and basically, they were like, we are all golfers, and we like don't like the fact that to get a correct yardage or to be able to get a, a very basic need on the golf course, you have to spend $500, $400 on these like bulky, crazy, with all the loft and all the angles and all this stuff. Like Essentially, it should just be a, uh, uh, you're looking through a little microscope thing and yep. – telescope thing and you're just going to get a number and it's going to be simple microscope was just the opposite word that i was looking for yeah there. no and i have a pin a pin golf rangefinder, and it's great i'm i'm a type of person who doesn't need all the loft and all the the crazy stuff that comes along with it because i'm not that good of a golfer everyone listening to the show knows that but i still do like having the yardages just in case by some stroke of dumb luck i actually hit the ball correctly and if i want the right distance i have to use pin golf it just gives me the yardage and that's all i need and i go and it's affordable so listen to what pin golf is doing this december so basically you know that feeling when your parents your girlfriend your siblings anyone else asks you what you, you want for the holidays it's the most impossible question what do you want my mom just texted me what do you want you never know what to say because you feel number one like an idiot being like i want this get me this yeah you just don't know what to say but unless it's something really good and you know that's going to be useful you feel confident in saying that like oh you know what i could really use a rangefinder. i'm always out there on the golf course it always I feels never... good when you have something to give them yeah that they can like, get you it's otherwise like socks i guess yeah yeah you just feel like, like i don't know get me anything like you feel like an idiot saying that saying like, anything and they're just like all right i'm not going to get you i'm not going to get you anything right so the easiest answer is pin golf and from now until 12 18 pin golf is offering their pearl and it's a hardcover case for 155 dollars so that's 20 dollars off they're already ridiculous afford ridiculously affordable price of 175 and they're guaranteeing that you will get this before christmas if you order this through 1218 so you're going to have to use the code foreplay on pinnedgolf.com that's p-i-n-n-e-d golf.com for those of you that somehow haven't heard about pin golf yet we just told you it is the perfect christmas gift to give the golfer on your christmas list it's an affordable price it's you, you don't want to spend that much money on a, on a range finder just trust us you're just going to get the yard and and who are you to say that you're going to Use a four hundred dollar range finder. Just you can barely hit the golf. Yeah, ball. and this one I'm you looking can... right at you, Trent. You can barely <laughs> hit the golf ball. Like just get a yardage. It's simple. You don't need the elevations and stuff. Just tell me what it is. Yeah, tell me what it is. Like I said, that's what I need. I just because if I hit it good, then I just need to know the distance. I don't care about anything else. Pin golf. That's the way to this go. This thing vibrates. It does everything that all of your other things, all your other range finders that you've tried out or used, your friends have used. It does everything that you need it to do. So you're gonna want to go to pinned golf. 
P-I-N-N-E-D-G-O-L-F.com. You're going to use code FOREPLAY, F-O-R-E-P-L-A-Y. You are going to save money. You're going to get the Pin Golf Rangefinder before Christmas. Stay dialed in on the course in 2020. Do it. All right. The only other headline I have, and this was I just saw it right before we came on here. Uh, Michelle Wee is joining the CBS Golf coverage. I just thought that was cool. I like Michelle Wee. I know she's had a, a bit of an up and down in her career uh, with her wrist injury and all that, but it was announced CBS has announced big changes to its broadcast team for the 2020 golf season. Five-time LPGA Tour winner Michelle Wee will serve as a contributor for several events, including the Masters. Wow, that's uh, that's what I thought was pretty. That cool. is pretty cool. Yeah, Michelle Wee always. I, mean, uh, I did we ever tell you about the time we went out and got a drink with her? Uh, like some fancy don't fancy you hotel. Keep run, don't you personally keep yes. running into Michelle? Yes, Wee? I do. What's that about? She is the. I don't know what you call that. I don't even know if there's a word for it. She is the person that I am constantly running into. In I this have world. that with this guy I walk out of my apartment with. We have well, the same okay. schedule. I mean, that's pretty pretty obvious. Wouldn't that's like that's like I keep running into you at work. No, no, no. I don't know how to explain this. It's on the street. And, like, I just keep running into this guy to the point where I'm going to stop him and ask him what his name is or, like, what his problem is. You guys could become friends. Dude, I see this guy everywhere. And it's not just going to work. It's like he lives around me maybe, but, like, the city's so big, I see this dude everywhere. And I know his face. I know Every time I see him, I'm like, do I know that guy? And I'm like, oh, man, it's the guy I saw yesterday. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I have a similar thing with Michelle Wee. Wee. We went and got drinks with her in a big group. It wasn't just, like, me, Riggs, and Michelle Wee. It was a big group of people. I went to some fancy hotel, uh, the rooftop of some fancy hotel, and got a drink with her. It's it's one of the nice hotels in New York City. I don't know the name of them because I I don't frequent establishments like that. But then uh, one weekend, I watched PFT Commenter's dog, and I ran into her at the in the lobby of that building. She petted Leroy. If people know Leroy of yep. breaking uh, like NFL news fame, and then I ran into her at Starbucks just randomly one day. I was like, "There's Michelle Wee again." I'm have, wait- have you? Um- had long enough conversations for her to know who you were if you walked by her? Nope. Really? Because I'll tell you what. So when this I, is almost like uh, you're looking from afar in all these situations. Well, when I ran into her in the lobby uh, <laughs> while I was watching PFT's dog, she petted Leroy, and she had no idea who I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, no. She has no idea. You know, she, I was just one of those people Wait, that came into her You life. didn't say a word when she was petting I got so Leroy. nervous. You didn't say, like, Michelle, it's me, Trent. Because I didn't want her to have to <laughs> pretend like she knew who I was, like that she remembered me. Because I know she does. It would have taken one second. No, but if I had been so think about this. If I, you know, Leroy and I are walking through the lobby. Here comes Michelle. Wee. she's petting the dog, and I go, "Oh, Michelle, it's it's uh, it's good to see you. It's Trent." And then she would definitely not remember who I am, and then have to then pretend to know who I am. You say it's Trent from Foreplay. Uh, we we just got drinks. Like we were in the same group. Like I yeah. still think she would be like. I would be nervous too. So I just let it happen. And if she had said something, which she never was going to, I would have been like, yeah, yeah, we've, we've met before. But instead, she you know, gave Leroy a couple pats and walked, uh, walked to the elevator. When do you think we start calling Michelle Wee Michelle West? She's married now. Yeah, she married Jerry West's son. Yeah, Johnny West. I, I, think, I think with a famous name like Michelle Wee, I think you keep it. Yeah? Yeah. If anything, you go Michelle Wee West. <laughs> yeah, that's her. That's, <laughs> yeah. That just came off great, actually. <laughs> yeah. Michelle Wee West. That's her Twitter handle. Is it? Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, it's great. Michelle Wee West Well, is a her, fun name to say. It's not her Twitter handle. It's her Twitter name. Okay, so she's already doing it. Michelle Wee West. But you can never. she could never go fully Michelle West. No. Because then it's like Michelle West on the, on the CBS point, Masters coverage. I'm getting to that point where uh, people I grew up with in high school are now, the girls are changing their names, and it throws me off. Yeah. You know? You ever like, like if this, you're my on, friend Marissa now has a different last name. No, it's what been is that about? to me for a long time. It's What's like, that about? It's like who is this person? Why do you have the name of my other friend? 
Right, because they married someone new. <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone on Facebook is just merging into the same person. Yeah, I don't like that. No, you're going to have a lot of that coming up. When I get married, I don't think I want my wife to have my last name. That's going to be controversial. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be controversial. Don't, don't the, take my name. I am me. Like, That's you're not. You, you <laughs> yeah, but then want, you become one. What do you mean right. you become one? It's no. part of marriage. The of marriage. How I about, don't like the fact that they lose their identity. That's just, that's very like progressive of you. They usually just tur- make it their like middle name. <laughs> no, maybe you take her name. <laughs> My dad will. Right. Borelli's is over. Right, Borelli's is officially over. Do you I know feel how like, much you know, pressure there is to have a, a boy? Well, yeah. is there even because I'm not doing? Yeah, well, that's a whole nother story. Well, I think there is pressure because it's more pressure because you skipped it over. You passed it up. You're like, no, I'm going to go talking about the restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about you taking over the restaurant and then being like, nah, I'm going to go do the Barstool Sports thing. So you have to have a son now that he can then take over. My mom had to have a son. Yeah, she she was forced to. My well, grandfather, <laughs> my gra- no, she was forced. She had two kids. They were both. Uh, girls and my dad's dad said you have to have another one you have to keep going do you think that had an actual <laughs> effect on what happened i don't know i think Maybe. i think at some point if it, if it went up to 11 females i think i, I would have been the 12th i think it just would have kept going you just gotta keep going do you yeah. have that same attitude because you gotta get a male yeah to take over the restaurant why can't you know well your daughter could take over the restaurant yeah I'm well, just, just imagining Frankie's dad just locking Frankie's kid in Borelli's just like putting <laughs> yeah. him nowhere near a podcast like not even Mike. letting him hang out with you probably He'll just treat that like his Pirelli's own son. is celebrating their 65th anniversary in 2020. Congratulations. That's a long time. Is there any sort of date or do you... Like um, September, I guess, is usually like our, our celebration month. You got a right? while. Right? 1955 to 2020. Yeah. 65 years. I don't know. Do the math. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, September. A lot of things <laughs> could happen between now and September. No, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean that in any what sort of way. What was that fucking mean? I don't know. I don't know why I said that. We are going to Australia, so you never know. We are going to Australia. I'm so. This is our last show before we go to Australia. What do you What do you think about that? I'm nervous. I know we talked about it on the last show, but I'm very nervous. Dude, I remember uh, we spent the whole show, and the listeners probably wanted to murder us. We spent a whole show about us flying private and like how nervous we were. Yeah, I'm flying private tomorrow yeah, with a are. band. Like Leonard Skinner. <laughs> you're basically taking all the things that we joked about. We like, joked about and trying to like. Like you guys were like, oh, Frankie's in a makeshift band and he's on our flight. So we're going to go down. I'm flying with a guitarist, a, a bassist, a singer, you're a the drummer, drummer. And that's it. We're flying private right into Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bands. It's windy as shit outside. It's been snowing. Oh, man. It's been so windy. Oh, bands historically don't have a great you know, track record with private planes. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine, and then you're going to come back, and we're going to fly 23 hours to Australia. It's just going to be a lot of things right in a row. Um, let's do a couple from the galleries, and then we'll get out of here. We'll toss it to, to Riggs talking about his round down in Bermuda. If you want to email from the galleries, we're always looking for them. Foreplay at barstoolsports.com. Send them. Put from the gallery in the, uh, in the subject line, and maybe we'll get to them. Send good ones. we got a couple here. The first one's from Brendan. He said, if you hop the fence through the woods at Augusta with an iron and a ball, how many swings on a weekday at noon could you get in before you get tackled? <laughs> All right. So it's a weekday. Yep. It's a, Tuesday, it's, a, it's a Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday afternoon. In Augusta, Georgia. Yep. And I'm just going to go rogue. I'm going to see like, the fence. I, I run past the guard, which we now know that they have an armed guard outside. The thought of playing Augusta has consumed you to the point you where you're like, one shot, I like, just need to get on there. And I want to. I'm going to do it today on this Wednesday afternoon. And this guy is saying you go through the woods. I, you, there's no way you go through the front gate. You can't go through the front. You 
You creep. As if this guy thinks that like every single part of the woods isn't like booby trapped where if you step on one part of the ground, you just get sucked up into the air. But you definitely can't try the front because they're going to be like, get out of here, scram. So I think you sneak through the woods. You have a ball in your hand. You have an iron in your hand. How many shots can you get in before, you know, you see the security coming out, you get tackled or you probably just get disappeared because. All right. My my thing is that you get one. You're going to get like one. Hmm. Probably get like five minutes out there. So however many balls you think you can hit in five minutes. I think the better question is if you have one chance to run like as hard as you can, right? Yeah. What shot are you hitting? Ooh, that's a good one. Like are you hitting a drive? Are you going to one and like piping a drive? Are you trying to are you going to eighteen and trying to hit one through the the really thin hallway that is eighteen with the trees? Are you are you going to twelve to try and hit it over the water and try and hit the green? Are are, are you hitting a chip shot on eleven with the crazy humps? Are, are what are you doing? The first the first thought is twelve, but I don't know why that was my first thought because I my irons are so bad that that wouldn't even be worth it to me. Twelve is the most historic, and that's the one like people would probably be like, oh, did you go? run out and play 12 so i wouldn't do that i think i would go to 18 and try to pipe a drive through through that little narrow corridor you have that no would... chance because you have so much movement left to right on your t- on your tee shot i still think i can make it happen <laughs> no you can't i would try my hardest. that's what i would want to do i would want to go to 18 and hit it. it has to be a drive it has to be a drive on you think one so? or 18 yeah because that's the one i hit the most consistently and i don't want it's for me personally because i don't want to go out there and chunk a wedge shot trying to get up Trying to get up onto the green. So for me, I think the I think the no brainer is you run to se- you run to twelve with a seven iron, right? It's like a hundred fifty five yard shot. I know the wins and everything, but I think I run to seven. I run to twelve with a seven iron and a ball, and I hear people running in the distance. They're running down eleven. They're trying to get me. I just got to twelve. I take my time. I know I'm going to get tackled. I know <laughs> that I'm going to get arrested. I know my life is over. But I, I, I put a ball in a tee. I step away for a second. I, I can literally hear the rumblings behind me. Yeah. But I, you know what? I'm just behind the ball. I'm lining up my iron. And I'm staring at this pin on 12, and I, I just step up nice and calmly, and I rip a 7-iron as hard as I can. It goes up there in the swirling winds. Hopefully it goes over the bunker and just lands nice and soft. I hit like a 170 shot. It, it goes perfect right onto the green. And then I get tackled, and like literally I'm like – I'm, I'm, I have a perfect follow through, and then I just get slowly slow motion tackled onto yep. the ground. As long as they let me know where the ball went, I'm fine. Yeah, like as you're getting carried out, like where'd that land? The reason why I think I want to hit an iron shot, especially on 12, is that like you can compare that shot to a pro. For sure. Right? It's a 155-yard shot. Anyone can hit it. You can do that. I can't compare my drive to a Rory McIlroy through the shoot on 18. Now, I would love to hit one on 18 and like simulate me walking up the fairway. Like, yeah. That's what, and then get tackled on the fairway as right. I walk up, right? My I, The only reason I say no, I couldn't do 12 is because my irons are so bad. I can't hit it consistent and, enough. Yeah, and that makes sense. But yeah. I'm just saying, like, if you're going to have one shot for the rest of your life to know that, like, you ruined, you got arrested over it, like, it's something that you, you, the way you, you posed this uh, hypothetical was that, like, it's consumed you. You want to hit the Augusta National shot. Yeah. It's got to be 12. Yeah. And if you're thinking about it in, from a headline sense, you're like, man runs on to Augusta National and plays blank hole before getting tackled. You're going to want that number to be 12. You know? It's got to be 12. That's the one that's getting the most clicks. That's the one people are most interested in. I just can't hit an iron shot to save my goddamn life, so no. I, I just couldn't do it. Uh, let's do. Let's rip through a couple more of these uh, from the galleries. Uh, this was a really weird one that I just I had to throw in here. Uh, 
Just, I don't even know if we're going to answer it, but it's from Nick. He said, would you rather play Augusta National one time or give the boss man massages for the rest of your life but never be able to play golf again? <laughs> Isn't that the weirdest one thing you've ever heard in your life? Like, Oh, man. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. So you play Augusta once. You get to do it, just like a real round. You get to play. You're not going to get tackled. Or you get to give, or you get to be Tiger Woods' masseuse for the rest of your life. <laughs> number one, it sounds like a bur- you never get to retire. It's a burden. Number two, what does that come with? Like, like Tiger, like, like, do you become Tiger? Like, does Tiger is Tiger friendly with his masseuse? Are you in? Yeah, are like you, you in the inner his, circle? Do you get to go to all the tournaments with them and like be his buddy? I don't know what the job of his current masseuse is like. This one is it was framed like basically you get to touch the boss man and give him massages. <laughs> I, it is, I would love to touch the boss, man. <laughs> it's a funny... like I would love to, especially in like unexposed areas. Okay. Not his all penis. Right. Not there. What? Uh, not That's there. That's what everybody no, thinks No, I meant like his that. inner thigh. Like, like, oh, my shut goodness. Up. I'm just kidding. No, I know. I know. Uh, but like, <laughs> it's a good question to be like, uh, not to be the masseuse, but like being Tiger's masseuse is probably like pretty cool. It's probably awesome. Yeah. There's also a ton of pressure because his body's always like, he's always got to get like rubbed out. Like, his oh, body's know. always getting tight. Well, I don't think I want that kind of pressure. I don't want that pressure either. Um, but, man, you get to be in Tiger's inner circle. It's a weird fucking question. It was really weird. I, when I went through the uh, – normally Riggs goes through the emails and looks at them. This was this one stopped me in my tracks because – You I know why you probably didn't get the good, the really good uh, from the guys? Because, like, you just skipped over all, like, the Riggsy Rex and all that stuff. Anything <laughs> right. that said Riggsy, you just went right through. So, it, like – Yeah. Anything with Riggsy question, and I, you know, I, I don't think I clicked on that one. Um Let's just do one more quick one. With all the gems you guys get to play, um, do you guys collect any items from each place you play? Do you buy anything specifically from like the clubhouses we go to, like at Pinehurst and all the cool places we've gotten to go, Tobacco Road? So, like, I'm sorry, like, so like, like one, we get—he's basically saying we get to play all these cool courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get to go to all go to all these awesome places. What do you take home with you that you can? You'll always be like, oh, I, I played that place. Like I, I always buy ball markers. I buy a couple ball markers and just throw them in my bag. So then the next time I play, whether it be at the place we're at or you know somewhere across the country, it'll be like Tobacco Road, and I'll be a ball marker. I'll be like, oh, that's a cool place that we went to. I think I've done a shitty job, if we're being honest, of, yeah. of like really keeping like keepsakes of where we're where we've been and where we're going and all this stuff. Right. Uh, I've actually been better for like the people that are like like um, my girlfriend's dad. Like I'll bring home a ball marker for him because I know he's better at keeping that stuff than I am. Like I'll just throw stuff in my bag and like, it'll be gone forever. Like I don't look for it. I don't have like good enough, um, organization in my brain to be able to do that. Yeah. So like, I'll always give a gift and let people know. It's also like a flex, like, Hey, I was here at this place. Here's a little coin and I flick it at him. You flick it. You know, that's nice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I always try to historically my girlfriend's dad and I have, have a weird little thing going in on in terms of places. gift giving it's strange with you two yeah it's a there's something going on that i don't know have i talked about that yeah we're yeah 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 I but think did so. i talk about how he got me something maybe not so like i got him <laughs> i got him a master's um uh, uh we have talked about shirt. that yeah i got him a master's college shirt yeah and i gave it to him and he had never been to the master's huge golf fan yeah and he was like thank you so much that's that's so great and, you know, months go by and we're talking and here and that. And his one of his friends was going away and someone said like, oh, uh, I think they're on the phone. They're like, hey, do you want Ryan to pick you up a shirt to him? And I was in the room and he goes, no, no. 
And he says under his breath, like, I, I hate getting stuff from places I've never been to, especially when I really want to go there. And I'm thinking, well, <laughs> fuck me, man. I gave you a fucking Augusta National College shirt. Right. Like, you have never been there. So then, like, a couple months go by. They go to Bandon Dunes without me. I think I actually have told it. They go to Bandon Dunes without me. Right. Oh, maybe you have, yeah. Well, but- no, I said that they were going to Bandon Dunes without me. He came back and gave me a Bandon Dunes uh, shirt. It's just a war that's going on. That- it's, it's super, like, behind the scenes. And, like, subtle. Subtle. That's It's very subtle digs, like... Right, because he, he knew I wanted to go to Van and Dunes real bad, and he yeah, and he's got the thing about the Masters. I mean, it's you know, I don't know what's going to happen between you two. I feel like you got this war is going to go on until one of you passes away. Well, that that's that's so horrible to say. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh my god, I'm just. Uh, saying. Let me tell you something. Uh, since we're on we're on the topic of my girlfriend, which I don't know why, but she uh, wears scrubs to work. Yes, um, and I actually got her these figs. It's an it's a company that makes the most stylish, comfortable scrubs you've ever seen. I have a pair of them. I'm not in the medical <laughs> profession. I should be nowhere near the medical profession, but I, I was sent a few of these, and I wear them around the, the, the apartment like they're soft clothes. They are so comfortable. Dude, they change her life. Yeah, I, I mean, you're wearing, the, you're wearing the same scrubs every single day. Your scrubs seem like they could be a comfortable thing no matter what company makes them, but that's just incorrect. Uh, Figs saw that, like, lapse in the market, and they're like, we're going to make these like jogger looking really slick like i saw a dude in figs one day on the subway yeah and he was so cool looking he was ripped he was a ripped male nurse right oh man this dude looked awesome yeah like, he wasn't like a, a gay lord fokker uh, one you know from the movie yep um he was like uh like his name was probably like antonio oh yeah and his like he had like curly hair and he was ripped like ripped and he was wearing figs man i knew the logo like figs has a sick logo yep and he was wearing joggers and Yeezys, like the jogger figs pants. I'm like, this dude, this dude could give me any sort of exam in the world, you know, like because he's just cool, like for sure, he's cool. And figs does that to you, like figs is gonna make you look cool and comfortable. You don't have to be a nurse or a radiation therapist or all these things. You can just be Trent sitting down eating Sour Patch Kids and watching movies. Damn, I do love Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> That's like the number one thing I buy. I feel like. I feel like I run. I feel like you know, like a little bit too much about my like relaxing time. That that just freaked me out. Like you, like have a camera in my apartment or something. Figs is making an amazing is an amazing company that is making scrubs stylish and functional for the people who deserve it most. For years, nurses, doctors, and dentists, and other awesome medical professions professionals were forced to wear scratchy, ill-fitting scrubs, which is what I just said. Not only were they ugly and uncomfortable, but they weren't designed with innovative technical properties to protect and hold life-saving tools. Figs creates the highest quality medical apparel so that medical professionals look their best, feel their best, and perform their best at every single day at work. Figs scrubs are infused with antimicrobial. Antimicrobial. Okay. No, I don't I'm, know. I'm you, saying the second part that, of that right. word wrong. I don't think you got that. Anti- you got that. You got it. Microbial. No, the microbial does not feel that right. That sounds like a, like a friend from back home. Microbial. A- antimicrobial. Anti-microbial properties to control odors. Ridiculously ridiculously soft, moisture wicking, and features four-way stretch. You can stretch. You can do all these things. So here is what we are going to do for you. You are going to use the code FOUR, and you are going to go to wearfigs.com. W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com. Wear figs. That's what you have to do to wear them. You're going to wear the figs. You're going to use code FOUR, F-O-R-E, 15% off. And I'm telling you guys, you don't have to be in a medical profession to own these things. These can be your lounging wear. I, that's what I do. I eat Sour Patch Kids in them. 
you can get Fig's gift cards are available. So the next time a doctor, nurse, dentist, dermatologist, pediatrician saves the day, they can say thank you by giving them Fig's. They can thank you, Trent, for the once in your life you can help someone. What the fuck was that? For once in your life, you can help someone. I want to help as many people as I can. Show how much you care at the end of the day with Figs. This holiday season, Figs is going to make it that easy. Like I said, 15% off your first purchase by using the code 4. Wearfigs.com, code 4. You're going to love your scrubs. One last thing before we throw it to Riggs, talking about his round in Bermuda. His horrible round in Bermuda. <laughs> the President's Cup. We're going. We're going yeah. to Australia. That's coming up. We are going to Australia. You excited? Uh, I'm nervous. I'm you nervous know, because at the end of the day, it's just a place, Australia. Yeah, it's, and it's a place that's very far away. It's a place, and getting there is a nightmare. And I don't care what people say, like, oh, you're going to Australia. It's a once-in-a-lifetime. Yeah, it is a once-in-a-lifetime. You know why? Because the travel's so bad, people don't want to go back. Right. It's it's sort of like a once-in-a-lifetime trip. You just go, and then you don't. You don't. When I said, said once-in-a-lifetime, what did you think that I meant by that? Oh, did you say that? Yeah. I'm sorry. I missed that. No, that's okay. I missed that part. That's okay. I'm sorry. But well, it's like I, a once-in-a-lifetime trip. Yeah, somewhat. Some would say. Do, do people say that? I think you said it. I think that it is the most once-in-a-lifetime trip. I think it's even more than Hawaii. It, well, it's the reason it is more than Hawaii because it's a once-in-a-lifetime, but only it's Stop not the that. positive one. No one wants to sit on a plane for 23 hours. It doesn't matter not where you're going. one person. It doesn't, and like if you're from America... If you if you're in uh, California, it's still 16 hours. You can't get away from the the length. Yeah, you just can't do it. Yep. And I know there's other places in the world. Like I think Thailand's like a 16 to 18 hour flight. Like there are a lot of places in the world in which I think like what New Zealand's probably even longer, right? It's got to be. Yeah, it's further. I think so. I also don't get like the whole map thing. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> we're not gonna go through. No, that we're again. not gonna. But get you know it. who else is going to Australia and they don't have to get on a plane and travel? FanDuel. If you are oh. betting on golf this year, you need to be betting with FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook is live in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and now Indiana. Have special offers and markets for this year's President's Cup. New users, when you sign up for FanDuel Sportsbook with promo code 4PLAY, it's all one word, and place your bets. Your first $5 bet on Tiger to go undefeated during the President's Cup, you'll get 50 to 1 odds. That's a $5 bet to win $250. If the boss man goes undefeated in Australia, you just need to make sure it's your first bet. FanDuel will offer live betting for the entire President's Cup and has tons of awesome markets. To bet, like correct scores, day winners, points, top point scores for Team USA and international. And you can even bet individual matches all week on FanDuel. That's so much fun. Yes. That is what makes watching golf fun. 100%. Betting on FanDuel Sportsbook is life-changing. Like, I'm telling you, they make it. So this app is so slick, so clean. Um, I was in Jersey. I was using it during uh, college football Saturday and uh, NFL Sunday. We were we were over there in Hoboken. We were betting. We were gambling. It was so much fun to actually have real action on this uh, with, with FanDuel. You can do PayPal. You can just take. You can put the money in. You can take the money out. It is a legitimate, real gambling experience. I love it. And there, they are now. Like FanDuel Sportsbook is now like the number one place to get your um, your odds. Like right. I know, I asked Dave the other day, like, "Oh, um, me and we were talking about like the Islanders, um, what the odds were." Because Whitney was in Vegas, and he texted me like, <laughs> "Yeah." Whitney just texted me out of nowhere, like, "I have uh, a future bet for the Islanders." Like, Venmo me money. Like, he just put me, painted me in a corner. He gave me a number, and like we looked, and I was like telling Dave, I was telling Dave that he did this, and he goes, "Did you look on Fanduel? Like, that's the, those are the legitimate." odds like yes. that's what you look for yeah because like, there's always like oh it's different here it's different over there like no. oh why no go to FanDuel and they'll that's give what you the we use at Barso like Dave is like probably I think Dave is Portnoy is the number one online gambler in the world 
in terms of like, just like notoriety, like people, yeah. Know, people I mean, know it's, he's got to be up there. I don't right. even, I don't even know who else is in the conversation. And he uses Fanduel, like, right? That's that, just what you need to know. It's slick. It it, it, it goes the right way. Um, and for the Presidents Cup, so they will have matchups at some point. Yeah. Once it gets announced, right? So they haven't done the matchups. Who's going to play what? But for right now, you can just bet on the um, the outright winner of the Presidents Cup. And I'll tell you what. The USA is not. I mean, I thought when I opened this up, I thought the USA was going to be minus seven hundred. Were they? I think I looked like minus two forty, minus two eighty, minus two eighty. Like, yeah, it's a little bit of a chunk, but like, like to to, to lay. But like, man, it's an automatic. It's automatic money. The USA will not lose. Right. Like, it doesn't matter really what the what the odds were. The team USA is going to trounce the international team. It's not even a comp. Like, we're just they're just showing up. The USA team, right. basically, like they already know they won. Yeah. So, so even when the matchups do come out, I would take as many like as many Americans as you can get your hands on because it's going to be a bloodbath. Where in can Australia. you do FanDuel Sportsbook? So FanDuel will be with us all week in Australia. So tune into our social to catch our picks and the action we'll have running all week long. Remember to sign up for FanDuel with the promo code Fourplay. That's F O R E. P L A Y, all one word for fifty to one odds on Tiger to go undefeated in the Presidents Cup. Oh. You like that? You like that? 51 odds. 50 to 1 odds for him to go undefeated in the President's Cup. He's the playing captain, as everyone knows. He picked himself. He you, have to get, you have to take that. Dude, you have to. you got to ride with Tiger. You must be 21-plus president in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, or Indiana. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right. Now we're going to throw to Riggs, who just yep. got done playing his round in Bermuda. Uh, he didn't have a great day. We'll see what he blames it on. He's going to say that it was windy, but uh, here's Riggs. Yeah, he's gonna. He's gonna. I'm sorry. I, I know that you tried to just lay it off there. That's okay. But, you know, Riggs. If you listen back to this, I'm sorry for the way I spoke. I don't want to get into a physical altercation with you. That's why I tried to speak behind your back. I hope, Jake, you're in this room. I hope we just take his audio and put it in so he doesn't have to hear it. No. Okay. Um, that's just him just being nice to Riggs. I think that Riggs is going to blame everything but his swing. That's what I think. And if he doesn't, then good on him. But here it is. We're all listening to this for the first time together. It's one of those moments. Like, I haven't listened to it yet. The the listeners haven't listened to it yet. They're probably screaming, just give it to us. Yep. I'm going to give it to you right now. Here it is. Okay, live from Bermuda, you are now joined uh, by myself and producer Andrew. Andrew, say hello. How we doing? So we've been in Bermuda for uh, three days, uh, three and a half days. We got here Sunday evening. You guys heard all about... Me talking whenever I could over the other guys talking on the phone, on Skype, uh, about Bermuda. We had just gotten here. We were chilling on a nice patio. We were overlooking the beach. The sun was setting. It did set, and then I just became incredibly dark, which was wild. But the big hype was playing in the in the Gosling's Invitational. Gosling's Rum brought us out here. They put on this really cool golf tournament. It's a mix of pros and amateurs. Uh, a lot of really good players, especially in the amateur ra- uh, ranks. You had Matt Parziali, who anybody who listens to this show knows well. He's been on a few different times. He was on radio when we were live from Shinnecock and Pebble Beach. He finished low amateur, tied for low amateur at Shinnecock U.S. Open uh, a little over a year ago. He won the U.S. Mid-Amateur the fall prior to that. That's why he got to play in the Masters. He played in a practice round that same year with Tiger Woods. Played in the Masters. I mean, he can can flat out play. He can can play. He's legit. He was a pro for a while, and then he actually 
you know, he he hung him up and, you know, got his amateur status back. Brockton firefighter, that whole story. He's the fucking man. He's a stoolie. He's a, obviously a Brockton mask guy out of Thorny Lee. So Parzi Alley's here. There's a bunch of good players. Herbie Aikens, if anybody's ever heard that name, if you know anything about like the amateur circuit in the Northeast, especially the Boston area, you know that name. Bottom line is like this tournament draws uh, legit good players. And it's it's not just like a getaway to Bermuda for for a lot of these people. Like they're they take here, it pretty seriously. They're here to win, and they're also here to drink a lot of rum, which affects some people's play. We've had a lot of dark and stormies. A lot of dark and stormies. Trademarked dark and stormies. Crazy thing about Gosling's, I didn't know this, that the the dark and stormy is one of the few trademarked cocktails in the world. What that means is if you go to a bar and order a dark and stormy, they aren't putting other rum in it. It's like the dark and stormy is with Gosling's rum and ginger beer. Is that correct? Ginger beer. Gosling's ginger beer. Which is amazing. So, look, we're here on Bermuda. Gosling's is founded in Bermuda. That's where it started. It's all over the place out here, which is very cool. There's been dark and stormies and Gosling's rum, different kinds of rum. The silver rum, I didn't even know that they have that they don't even export some of it. Yeah, some you of it. Get two or three you can only get in Bermuda or at duty free in Bermuda. Right, right, right. So look, it's it's Bermuda's a wild place. Producer Andrew just got his bags. So if you guys recall, I said on the last show <laughs> that on Sunday it was maybe 5, 6 p.m. when I was recording the show and that Andrew up to that point, we'd only been here for about two or three hours, had been completely and utterly dominated by Bermuda. I mean, just dominated. He didn't get his bags. What else couldn't you figure out? We didn't have data on the cell phone, which Couldn't trying to run social media going. without data we're is We're a tough. social media fucking company. We're a, we're a media brand. That's what we do. You got to be attached to the internet, to the world. He couldn't get data. Couldn't get his bags. Well, turns out he just, in Bermuda, like if something doesn't come to Bermuda, this island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, it ain't fucking coming. And your bags, they were just, gone. They just were gone. It was Bermuda Triangle. They were lost. Yeah, we kept saying they got Bermuda Triangle. At one They're point lost. today, and honestly, that's what like the airline and the hotel was telling you. They're like, no, no, they just are like gone. I can't tell you how many hours I spent on customer service between the phone and the bags, and walking between the concierge and the front desk and the bellman. And they're all like, "Oh, we're all here to help. This is great." And then they're like, "Oh, it's after five. Yeah, we're not going to be able to talk to anyone." The airport doesn't pick up the phone after five p.m. No one. You get a, you get a voicemail in twenty nineteen. That's crazy town. This place also, they don't, the only way you can get around is cabs. You can't rent the car. You can rent, I guess, these uh, the scooters, but like we got golf clubs and stuff. We can't be renting scooters. So the, you can't rent a car because I guess it's deemed like too dangerous. There's no cars to rent. You have to take a cab everywhere. The cabs only take cash. We didn't bring much cash. I got 200 bucks, went through it immediately. So you got you to gotta have cash and take a cab everywhere, which again, fine. We're not complaining. We're in Bermuda, but like... Eventually, you run out of cash. Then you're trying to get a cab that takes a card. None of them take cards. You actually can't get from one location to the other. So Bermuda has, for us American boys, who are very comfortable in our American ways, Bermuda has kind of kicked our ass, and that's going to lead us up to the actual golf. I think a lot of people are excited to hear about the golf. Stroke play, okay, competitive golf. You hear this all the time. Competitive golf is so, so different than recreational golf than fun golf. People say that. Everybody who's ever played competitive golf says that. You all know people out there. If you're listening to this golf 
golf podcast, you have a buddy who played college golf or who's played in amateurs or you know a guy who's gone pro, yep. competitive golf is a whole different world than amateur golf. The ball's got to go in the hole. If you hit one out of play, you can't be like, oh, we'll go up there and see, and then if you can't find it, just take a drop. Like, no, if you can't get one in play, like, you just stand there and keep hitting them until one's in play, and you keep taking stroke penalties, and then you got to, like, get the ball. So it's just – it's different. It's You're nervous. You got you're, the rhythms. It's not the same. It's just, like – being out there with music playing with your crew and you're just kind of hitting whenever you're ready. It's like the the pace is going to be different. You're very much kind of subject to like everything and everyone around you. If the guy that you're playing with hits like four putts in a row and lines every single one of them up, like you got to just stand there and watch him do that. And then you got to go and try to make one uh, right after. It's just different. Yeah, it's hard. And I don't think people understand how hard it is. Like you have to get the ball in the hole. They're like, oh, well, that's the point of golf. Like, duh. Like, there's no, oh, that's that's a foot and a half, that's good. Well, a foot and a half in, like, 40-mile-an-hour winds downhill, you're like, I could three-putt from here. And people did. Oh, people did. We So, you know, I, look, I, I want to get to the wind. It's really not possible to convince anyone listening of the true nature of the wind because anyone that's listening is going to be like, yeah, everybody always says, like, I played around, it was super, super windy or... It could be used as an excuse or it's just really hard to transplant yourself from sitting at your desk or scrolling through your phone and hearing and seeing some wind on the phone and being, oh, yeah, it looks a little windy. And then understanding what it was actually like to play in this stuff. Andrew was there filming the whole thing. He was Riggs Tracker. He did a great job, by the way. Thank you. He was Riggs Tracker. He was filming and tweeting out every freaking shot from the whole thing. Uh, two rounds of competitive play. I shot 103. At Port Royal, and I shot... Very good 103. Thank you. And I shot 100 at Mid-Ocean. The wind at Port Royal yesterday, we're recording this Wednesday evening, the wind at Port Royal yesterday, I would say, was significantly worse than any wind I've ever experienced in my life. You ever. couldn't hear yourself. It just was It just was different. It was, it was so much more severe than anything I've ever experienced, and I want to get to... To before people say like yeah yeah that's just your excuse your bush definitely I didn't play good golf 103 is not a good score but some scores that I would like to highlight to defend myself and my performance are this Matt Parziali who at the United States Open at Shinnecock last year went 73 74 73 75 never shot worse than 75 he shot 81 yesterday uh, we had Damien, who's the guy who I played with, who's Love a local. Damien. We're huge Damien guys. Great dude. He played golf at um, URI. Very good player. He finished second in the amateur part of the tournament last year. So he finished second. So again, Two. You, heard, you heard, no, not he didn't. Parzi Alley no. didn't finish first last year. So you heard, I don't believe so. Is that a fact? I thought that's what Damien said, but we weren't here. I could be wrong. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. But regardless, he finished. Parziali finished. Damien finished. Damien was my partner. Okay, you get paired up with random people in golf. That's how it works. How competitive golf works. We rode in a cart together for two days straight. We had a great time. Awesome dude. Chill dude. Very good player. He finished second last year in the amateur part of this tournament. He shot 85 in the first round and I think 78 today. Yeah. We had. Um, Shannon Johnson, I believe is her last name. Um, she won 
the women's mid-amateur, I believe. And I think she shot 90 in the first round at Port Royal. So, again, I'm not sitting here trying to be like, oh, my God, how many excuses can I put out there because I want everyone to think I'm good at golf. Because if you listen to the show, you know, I don't give a shit if you think I'm good at golf. I know I'm not good at golf. I know I stink at golf. We talk all the time about how you stand on the tee and you have completely different golf swing on the first tee, on the second tee, on the ninth tee, on the 18th tee. Why is that the case? Because I stink at golf. We all stink at golf. That's the beauty of this show. That's why we're here. And if I was good, I would be consistent because golf's all about being consistent. Completely inconsistent. That's why some days I can shoot 78 and I can go out in competitive golf and shoot 103-100. So, having said all of that, the conversations with people, uh, with Parsi Alley tonight about uh, Port Royal yesterday, and Port Royal too. You got to understand, like the back nine of the course, which is what we started on. So, me and Damian started the back nine. The back nine is super exposed the whole time. The front nine, most of it is a little bit. You kind of you go down, and you're in a little bit of the lowlands, and and that's protected by trees to an extent a little more inward totally and it's still not it's not it's not like the wind doesn't i mean you have like 50 mile an hour winds you're in like mini valleys it's gonna affect everything but that first the first nine holes that we played which again i don't it's like winter time it's not like i'm going to the driving range i i played one round on saturday with my boys back home in 45 degrees and raining and outside of that i hadn't played since north carolina which was what a month ago yeah that was the last time I'd played yeah. before that. So it's not like I'm practicing. And then you step up, and the first tee that I have to play, it was <laughs> like a 50-mile-an-hour right-to-left wind with trees and, like, OB left. And they announce your name, and there's a bunch of people standing around that. I duck-hook one into a tree. Don't know where it goes. Like, you got to hit a provisional. I top that one, go up there. Turns out my first one's fine, and I'm, like, 180 out, but I got to hit a big hook around a tree. Hit it up there, short of the green, chip on. I've got like what forty feet for par. Yeah, you. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, lag it up there. You know, we we can get out of here with bogey kind of thing, and then you can pick it up from there. That's what I was thinking. I'm thinking like, oh man, we're doing this is fine. Like we got a par bid. Usually a pretty good putter. I mean, it was it was a forty foot putt that was downwind that was uphill, and I hit it, and it just rolled forever. I hit I hit that next putt about a foot past the hole, maybe 10 inches past the hole, above the hole, and I'm like, I'll just clean up real quick. Hit that one, misses the hole, goes to like four or five feet, and I make that for triple. So right out of the gate, after all the chatter, after all the excitement, after thinking, what are you going to shoot? I want to prove some of these idiots wrong. I can play good rounds just as much as I can play bad rounds. You never know. Triple right out of the gate. And that hole is like 330 yards. So I'm thinking like, that's not good. Next hole is straight downwind, straight downwind, Probably like 420 or something like that. Yeah, easy hole in comparison to the rest of them. Kind of just have to throw it into the wind, let it take it. There's room right. I hit a, I hit a drive right, but it's fine in the rough. I hit a wedge to like 10 feet, and I'm thinking, all right, we're in good shape here. I end up two-putting, make par, and it's like, all right, I can make pars out here. And then we just went and straight here, back and into here the wind. And here we go. We went straight back into the wind for the next seven holes, something like that, six holes. And it was a fucking nightmare. It just beat the hell out of you to the point where, you know, when you're standing on a tee and you're using the driver, which is obviously the biggest club head face, 
And when you pull the driver back, you can feel the wind affecting, <laughs> like literally affecting the club as you pull it back dramatically. Then it throws everything out of sync that's already out of sync because you stink at golf. So that was happening. Damien at that point, like he had he had made two pars in a row, and I'm thinking, here we go. Then he goes like bogey, bogey. The next hole, he hits a good drive that just gets completely stolen by the wind it goes 30 <laughs> yards out of bounds he hits another one that was like a similar drive but ends up staying barely in bounds and makes a pretty good double me on the same hole i make triple i hit one out of bounds obviously then the next hole it's like okay we're going straight out towards the ocean ob left yeah uh, bush is right cliff and bush is right there's a cliffs on the left yeah bushes are on the right but it's like you can't you obviously you can't miss anywhere. Hit one left out of bounds. I hit a provisional a million yards right. And it's just wearing on you this whole time of like, okay, I've already hit one out of play. It's raining it's raining here. a little bit. Like it's, it's going on. It's like I gotta stand on this tee and I've got to now lying two, hitting my third, I've gotta hit the same tee shot that I just couldn't hit in bounds and try to somehow keep it in play. And it just was like that for five and a half hours straight. You couldn't hear. We couldn't hear each other talk. So right now we're we're six feet away. Yeah. We would not be able to have a conversation if we were this distance away. Not even close. We're screaming at each other in like pretty much in the cart together sometimes. Yep. And you had to scream at each other. So it was it was it's difficult to again to explain sort of what what playing in life what playing in that was like especially when it's not a situation where you could be like oh my partner's good I'll take triple or I'll take double and we'll just kind of see what happens it's like no you hit one out of play dude like everyone that's involved in this group is standing on the tee waiting for you to go get a ball and hit another one and if you don't hit that one in yep. play guess what you're doing it again another thing i've never ever ever been a part of on the golf course is where the wind significantly affects chips. And I'm talking chips like within 15 yards of the green and not affects them like the ball spins, right? Like I know that when you chip into the wind, the ball will stop. And when you chip downwind, the ball will not stop as much. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking like you have a 10-yard chip a little bit uphill, maybe over some rough, and you hit it up in the air with your 60-degree wedge, and in the air... You can see it go from a chip that's going to end up within 10 feet to it literally gets knocked down, sent 10 feet to the right and backwards and rolls off the green almost back down to like your feet. And it wasn't just I feel like it wasn't just the chips too. like a bunker shot comes out low, you know, like low, a little spin. Yep. And you'd have a bunker shot be like, oh, like that'll roll out for sure. It's downhill. And it's almost like it just hits a wall on the green like it it just hits a speed bump running into gravity yep. it's like it's hard to comprehend some of the the way the balls carried out low to the ground there were some insane things happening there was uh on the on the back nine so the front nine of port royal on our back nine on uh the first round so tuesday's round i uh i hit a four iron on i guess it's the fourth hole third hole What's that par three? Maybe the third hole. Third or fourth hole. It's a par three. I think it's probably the third hole. And it was one. I think we had one thirty-eight to the flag. And I hit a choke down four iron. It was straight into the wind. Straight into the wind. 
I had a choke down four iron about 15 feet above the hole, right at it. Damien, who's, who's way better than I am and flushes the ball, hit a five iron that was just on the front right part of the green, not quite pin high. So that's like how serious and intense it was. Um, you know, my four iron probably goes 190, I would be my guess, maybe 195 if it's like a nice normal warm day, maybe 185 if it's a cold day. And that thing legitimately went. It went a hundred and what forty three yards. Yeah, it was a hundred and forty yards the third hole, hundred forty ish. But the wind. Yeah, but I'm saying we we put yeah. the laser. It was one thirty eight to the flag. Yeah. The ball was a little bit behind the and pin. It, it was, was like a one forty three shot, and it was flushed. Like it was one of the ones where great. people on, like you see the the tracker on you know social media, and you're like, ooh, look at Tiger hit this stinger, or look at Brooks Kepka lay into one off the tee like with a two iron. You're like. Oh, this is actually a par three one forty shot, and we're hitting stingers into the wind with the four iron. Yeah, like as best I can. You know, my stinger probably goes a little bit lower than like. No, my it was. Shot, I, I mean, it, I it was it was just crazy to see that you and Damien both pured it, and I was like, oh, that that only went one hundred and forty yards. Yeah, it was something. It was something, and um, so then you know today's round, I felt a little bit better. Mid ocean is. I would say currently a golf course that I hate, but that I know I will love. The reason that I say that is because mid-ocean, it's a CB McDonald design. It's got a ton of blind shots, which I typically don't mind, especially because, you know, blind shots, a lot of times when you play a course for the first time that's blind shots, again, I almost exclusively play fun recreational golf. And usually you're going to be out there with a member or two that's had you out, buddies that have played it before. They'll direct you exactly where you're going. And it's like, you just, this is exactly what you're looking at. And it's not super windy. So you can just talk to each other about stuff. They could be like, yeah, yeah, no, if you hit this 20 yards short of the green, it'll actually take a hill and roll onto the front edge. It's a good spot. Well, we're playing competitive golf. The only guy I'm with, really, that knows it is Damien, who, again, great dude, but like, He's playing his own round. He's, yeah, he's grinding. And no caddies. No caddies for anyone, by the he's way. He's not like standing there trying to work on like telling me everything about the course. So a lot of the holes, I was standing stepping up to the tee. It's completely blind being like, uh, I have no fucking clue. And that wore on me so hard. And a lot of times it was like you couldn't, especially like there were times where you couldn't even fucking get the distance to the pin because you couldn't even see where the pin was because it was so uphill and blind Yeah, that it's like, I don't know where the pin is. I don't know what the distance is. I don't even know where the green is. And I got a 50 mile an hour wind, like slightly off the left in my face. And I can't even yell and ask somebody because they can't hear me. So that kind of wore on me. I did love the classics. It's got the templates. It has a beer. It's, it's got a lot of cool holes. The Cape hole. We filmed the Riggs verse on the yeah, Cape awesome. hole. Insanely sick hole. So the course, I'm sure the first like five holes are on the water. A few, a handful of tee boxes that are as epic as it gets with the water yeah, crashing in the really background. Really cool backgrounds on the tee boxes. Bermuda has like that teal because of the coral or whatever the hell it is that goes out a couple hundred yards that changes the color. So it's like that amazing, stunning teal color. So you're, excuse me, you're kind of looking at that hitting, being like, oh man, like what a world I'm living in. And then you got to step up again, and try to hit, like, a shot with all the action going on. It was just, it was a lot happening. It was a lot happening. It's a, I know it's a cool course that I would otherwise like, but today and in the current state that I'm in, 
I hated it. I was so mad at it. I was so upset every time I had another blind shot and I didn't know where the fuck I was supposed to hit it. And then I would hit it where I was guessing was right. And then I'd get up there and it was in like a shit bunker. And then I was mad at myself and I don't ha- I'm a mentally weak person when it comes to competitive golf. So I'd be upset for like 10 minutes and that would take two or three more shots off. Then we had uh, one of the, one of Damien and the guy's boys, Dave joined us, who's a very good golfer. <laughs> and, right. and Dave, we just picked up Dave on the side of the fairway, like, oh, does this guy need a ride? And like, oh no, it's my buddy Dave. He's he just he just showed up and has beers. Dude. And I'm like, oh, oh, all right. First thing he said to me, I gotta right. know who the fuck this guy was. And he came rolling I was um I was like standing right behind Damien hitting a shot and Dave comes over to me as Damien's getting ready to hit and he just whispers, he goes, uh, you want a Heineken? I was like, Yeah. And he's like, All right, I'm Dave, nice to meet you and then he gave me a Heineken. <laughs> So Dave was the man, and he was like, he tried to play pro golf for a while, and then has kind of hung him up ever since, doesn't play much, but clearly he's got the bug, because he was out there. Then he started giving me lines, which was great. So then Dave starts giving me lines and telling me a little bit about the course, which really helped, very much helped. Uh, the and, and he got me on 16, I made the first birdie, the only birdie of my 36 holes, on the 16th hole, which everyone said was by far the hardest hole of the whole damn 36 holes, which shocker that like i would birdie that hole but i hit a great drive i had 118 to the flag straight into the wind uh, straight into the wind and off the right and i hit a punch seven iron that came up i don't know 10 yards short wasn't even close which is like my 160 165 club wasn't even close and then i chipped in i think you you probably saw that one on twitter chipped in i was all pumped with dave next hole 175 yards into the wind, three wood. Uh, yes. I hit a three wood. Part three, I hit a three wood into the wind. I was just right of the green. Damien hit a three wood as well. He was just on the back part of the green, and then it rolled back on and rolled off the front because the wind was so severe straight at us. It blew his ball, which had settled behind the green, on the fringe behind the green. It blew his ball <laughs> off the front of the this green. This was not a false front situation. Nope. He was on the green comfortably. With a three wood. It's like he spun wood, it off the he green. he pounds the ball. He, I think he probably hits that three wood comfortably 230, 220 at least, and he pounded this, and it just rolled, it rolled what, like 30 he hits feet off wood. the green He's got to hit his three wood 250, 260. Yeah? To. Oh, my Easily. gosh. I mean, he crushes it. I believe it. Dude, he, so Damien on the par 5 11th hole at mid-ocean, he had 230 into the green. Straight into the wind. Yeah, and he hit you're right. Three you're right. Pin high. Yeah, that has in, to be 250. So that's a 250, that's 250 easy. Club. And he hit that on a 175 yard hole. And he was like, I've never hit three. He's a member there. He said, I've never had to hit three wood here in my life. And he hit three wood that, again, landed on the back edge of the green and rolled off. That's how bad the wind was. This is the easier day. Today was easier than yesterday. And then on 18. Here we go. You know, I'm standing there. I'm coming off. I had bo- bogeyed the hole before, birdied the hole before that, which all things considered was damn good. 18T is all ocean down oh, the right. You're on a cliff. Beautiful. Tee box is stunning. Beautiful view. It's like this little, it's almost like a reverse Pebble Beach 18th tee, but like higher and actually more stunning. Sits up there. The waves are crashing and the wind's actually off the right. So it's all bushes and like cliff off the right. You can hit it way left, and the clubhouse is left. But again, it's a blind shot. Like You can't see where your ball is actually going to land. You have no clue where it's going to land. It kind of goes over a little bit of a hill. And my boy Dave kind of lines me up, and he's like, it's just at that pink house in the distance, which is over the bushes on the right that are out of bounds. But I was thinking, like, all right, it must be way closer than I think. Those bushes, it must be one of those situations where you just bomb it over them, and it's wide open up there. 
And I hit a drive that was a hair right of where he said. I'll say that. It was a hair right of the line. But I was like, oh, that still should be pretty good. The wind's blowing in a little bit. And they were like, nope, you got to hit another one. And, I, and and Dave's like, yeah, it's borderline. And I was like, all right, like right, I'll hit a provisional. I hit another one on a little bit of a line just inside of that. Was thinking that was good. That was out of bounds. So then I hit another one well left of there saying that one trundled down the fairway forever. Goes into a fairway bunker. And I was chatting with Dave. I ended up making a 10, folks. I ended up making a 10. And that put me at 100 on the exact number. So six over par in the last hole puts me at um, – a 103, and then a 100. Now, I was talking with my boy Dave after, and he made a great point, whereas he was like, he was like, I was talking with um, with Damien, and I was saying, he's like, as we were finishing up the hole, I was saying, you know, the worst thing you could ever say to somebody in golf is, eh, that one's borderline. He's like, because <laughs> all you're doing is you are giving them false hope yeah. that if it's then ripped out they're going to be rattled yeah and devastated whereas if you just say hey it's, that's out it's gone that's probably gone you're going to need to hit another one um but call it a provisional or whatever then they can be like oh yeah provisional and then they hit and then if their first one's fine it's like oh hell yeah it's a surprise we're in good sh- worst case gift. the person is like i can't believe you said it was out like which who cares the bet the worst thing you can say to someone it's almost there's almost no feasible scenario in the history of golf where it's beneficial to tell someone that's borderline. Just say it's out. Why would you ever tell somebody it's borderline? Yeah, and we were both on the tee box still like, huh, like do we hit another one? Are we are we driving away? And we look up and Adam, who's the other guy that plays in with us, Gives us the old, like, not thumbs up, thumbs down, but like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, like, that sign where yeah, you're hovering your hand yeah, back and forth? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, was like, I was like, uh, that's that's the least confident ever. Ever. Yeah, that's where, again, it'd be like, just say it's out, man. Yeah. Because then I'll hit a provisional and then you're fine. But again, that's just the that's the nature of the game. And I know anybody out there who's listening who's played competitive golf is like, yep, that's what it's fucking like. It's like, you are out there alone. Your ball has to go in the hole and it has to go in by the rules of golf. And that's just what it is. I will say that there were people who shot some stunning numbers. Uh, there's a guy. Astronomical numbers. So the highest pro score I saw, again, these are pros. These are people who have committed uh, to playing professional golf. As a guy who shot 43 over over the course of two days. Uh, he shot, let's see, he went 92 today and 97 on uh on tuesday that's the highest pro score that i saw the highest amateur score what i was by the way i was 61 over par came in 103rd tied for 103rd there were i guess 118 people uh one guy shot 93 over another guy 92 over another guy 80 over a handful of folks in the 70 overs so you know scores <laughs> 90 plus over in two rounds there were also there were um one, two, three, four, five. There were a bunch of uh, of WDs slash did not finishes. So I think this number has grown. I know if, uh, I'm sure a bunch of these people uh, they they withdrew beforehand, but some people I'm sure just like couldn't finish. And there was it. No joke. It crossed my mind because the hardest the hardest part of the entire thing was the first nine that we played. Where it crossed my mind, like I might not be able to finish. There you- might be a part. 
where like I hit so many balls out of bounds on a tee that's impossible, like the fifteenth, that like I'm not going to be able to finish this round of golf. You looked at me at one point and said, "This is probably three or four holes in," and we looked at each other like, "Are we going to even play this round?" Like balls are rolling off the green after marking them, and then after yep. the fifteenth hole, which is on our first nine holes at Port Royal, you were le- you made an I think an eight or a seven. And you looked at me and goes, I you look at me and go, I cannot believe I actually finished that hole. And you were happy. You're like, I I finished that hole and we're gonna keep playing. It took me like thirty minutes to finish that hole, man. I was running everywhere. I was so tired. Um, you, you went knew. as far left as you could. And then And then as far back to the right to go find the provisional as you could. Yep. We're yelling at each other through the wind, like, you have yardage, like no, like follow my voice. That's the line. Yeah, I was trying to get a line, <laughs> yeah. dude. It was uh, it was a circus. It was par- even Parziali said that's not golf. He was like that. What we did was is not golf. It was that difficult. Uh, having said that, you know, I also was affected. Like it's pre- it's pressure, man. It's like nerve wracking standing up there being like, okay, this is stroke play. Every shot counts. You don't get to just like if you have a, if you if you skull a bunker shot over the green, you don't get to just be like, all right, boys, I'm in for double or I'm in for triple. I, you know, yeah. I don't want to waste every no, time. I'm in my pocket. Keep going. None you just that. don't get to do that. So and and there's a certain inherent just nervousness that kicks in when you're just standing on a tee or when you're out there like on the first green I of my whole thing I felt like I completely lost the ability to control my limbs I just was like standing over the putt was like I I can't control like I don't know yeah this feeling you're like I don't know what's gonna happen in the next just three seconds the ability to the control ball. my limbs just left my person and I was just standing out there like well what are we going to do? And then you got to hit tee shots and all that. And then eventually, sometimes it comes back to you. You feel good for a couple holes. Then it's kind of gone. And then the wind pisses you off. It was just, it was a scene out there. Having said that, this tournament, that I didn't even know this thing existed. This tournament is so cool. Parzi Alley said a couple years ago, I think three years ago, the first time he played in it, that there was zero wind. And he's like, man, it was so peaceful out there just enjoyable not a breath of wind <laughs> peaceful don't know what that is nope it was when we every time we've sat down right after the round we've gone into the clubhouse we've gotten a uh, dark and stormy poured some gosling's rum and we've sat down and just been quiet for like two minutes and then been like how nice is this <laughs> that we can like hear each other because you just it's just it beats you up the whole time but that's the beauty of it that's the nature of playing competitive golf it was fun i'm pumped that i just like finished and didn't finish in Whoa. uh complete dead last there was a gigantic lightning bolt. we are in the rumbling. middle of the atlantic ocean we are in the middle of the atlantic ocean there's nothing protect us protecting us on either side people should look it up on a map we are literally in the middle like we're, we're not just there. off the coast we're way out there no we're fucking out there uh, a couple other things i want to touch on lurch lurch with one of the dumbest comments of all time in the last podcast saw a bunch of people tweeting this at me Again, I was so the the last show I couldn't get a word in. They were all talking in the studio. I know how that is when you're not in studio. You don't want to disrupt the flow of the show. So I couldn't. I, and sometimes I wasn't even paying attention. I was just trying to think about like a point that I wanted to get in later. But whenever they stopped talking, Lurch at one point was talking about how uh, you know Kisner had t- had t- told us or he had gotten a tip about how he needs to have a stronger grip. And Lurch's dumbass thought that meant grip pressure stronger meaning like hold on to the club stronger. oh i missed that i did not know that to the happened. point where he said like his hand was about to fall asleep because he was gripping the club so <laughs> hard by the end of the fucking round what a that's the complete opposite of what every good golfer tells you like no no no, just lightly grab onto the club let it do the work use your body 
And he's choking this thing to death. You're a telling strong me. Strong grip lurch is when you're moving your hand, like your left hand. You know, you move it to towards the right. If you're you roll it over towards the right. If you are a right-handed golfer, and and then you focus on your right hand, like the further onto the right part of your club your right hand is. If you're a right-handed golfer, that's like a stronger grip. And Lurch thought it just meant, oh, if someone said you need a stronger grip, that he needs to just grip the fucking club. I cannot club believe that. What that's amazing. What an idiot. Lurch, you are the biggest dummy I, I've ever heard of or encountered. I cannot wait to talk to him about it when we have our 22-hour trip to Australia on Friday. Insane that he thought that. Just insane. I've never heard anything like that my whole life. I... What's crazy is that Lurch isn't just, you know, a guy who just slaps it around. Like, Lurch can play golf. He's a good golfer. And he d- has no idea that a strong grip doesn't mean... He thinks... He re- I just can't believe he thought you should really just hold on to the club as tight as possible. Can you imagine standing on tee box and just gripping the shit out of the club? said his hands were about to, like, fall And asleep. just trying to rip it? Like, what? what? what How do you get idiot. the ball doing that? You, he couldn't. That's what he's like. Yeah, I don't understand I, this tip. Yeah. Yeah, because your brain isn't capable of understanding it properly. That was the problem. Lurch, I think, would have, of all of us, done the best in this environment. Because he actually hits the ball pretty low. And sneaky big thing is having a good base. Because the wind actually blows you around. Big time. That I almost fell down holding a camera. I don't know how you hit a golf. There ball. was one tee shot on the 15th hole at Port Royal. No, the uh, R 15th, R 16th hole. So I guess it was, that was the seven. seventh hole, par yeah. five, where we had been down below for the first six holes or whatever it is on the back nine, our front, the front nine, our back nine. And then we kind of, you come up to this super exposed tee box. It was straight into the wind. And it like blew Andrew over behind me right after I hit. And I <laughs> topped my tee shot. But it like kind of skirted out there a little decent ways. And I just looked back at him and was like, I was like, I can't believe I even make contact. He's like, I don't know how you did that because I just fell over and I'm just holding the camera. <laughs> I almost lost my hat forever. Like it almost blowed the, my hat just into blew. the abyss. Blew, blew my hat yep. into the abyss. past tense for you there. There you go. Uh, anyways, it look the tournament's super fun. Everybody comes out here for five days or so. You play practice round or two on Sunday, Monday. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you play. Uh, you play golf. You play competitive golf tomorrow, which is today for you listeners because this comes out on Thursday. I'm playing in the part three, so I missed the cut. Believe it or not, sixty one over through two rounds, missed the cut. And so T one o three, T one o three, not dead last. No, nope. several players behind me. Several. Um, and a lot of pros ahead of me, so it's like uh, I wasn't T103 in amateurs. I was probably T40, T30, something like that. So uh, not that bad. But I did miss the cut. And if you miss the cut, you play in a part three tournament tomorrow, which is right next to the hotel, which is amazing. So I can't wait for that. You can follow along with that. We're playing against Malcolm Jr., who's Malcolm Gosling Jr. Playing against him. We're having a little uh, bar stool against Gosling's. But look, we're, gonna, we're <clears throat> about two or three Dark and Stormies deep. We're going to go straight from here back to the bar and hang out with some folks and drink more Dark and Stormies and more Gosling's rum because it's absolutely phenomenal. I had forgotten how like tasty, I guess, rum is. And that ginger beer, like a little spiciness on it, too. It's oh, it's a good combo. It's a good combo. And, and they fly time. down. You drink them so fast. It, you just drink them really fast. It's really, I mean, it's understandable because they're so tasty. But it's you come out here, you're hanging out in Bermuda. Even this time of year, it's like been like 70. I've been hot out there on the course, actually. It's like yeah. 72 degrees, even though it's windy as hell. It's been awesome. Yeah, there's there's no snow here. 
No, there's no snow. Is there snow anywhere else? Uh, northeast. Oh no, Manhattan specifically. Like the white stuff. The snow, yeah, the cold stuff. Yeah, that's like under freezing. I don't even know what freezing is. I know it's, the Celsius has been above zero, so that's you know uh, we're, something we're, to hang their hat on. Yeah, us, us. We're in seventy something degree weather. Turquoise water. We're playing golf in Bermuda. If you can next year, you got to come play in the Gosling's Invitational. I will be back. They have events each night. Everybody's hanging out, chatting. How bad did you play today? Bad. How about you? Even worse. It's a great time. Uh, we got one more day, and then we're off to Australia. So I don't know what the other guys said at the beginning of this show. I have no clue. Hopefully they weren't too dumb and said stuff like Lurch says about strong grip versus grip pressure because he's a moron. But uh, we'll be back on Tuesday, and on Tuesday's show, you will have an update in theory from four guys, six guys who have arrived in Australia. We'll be on the other side of the planet at that time. The next time you hear our voices, the next time you hear us on this show, we will be in Melbourne, Australia for the President's Cup. So you can look forward to that. Have a great weekend. Hit it hard. Hit it hard.